everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, Jen Hatmaker here. I'm your very happy host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here this week. You will be too, because right now we're in a series called For the Love of Powerhouse Women. And it's no mystery why I wanted to do a series like this. I am so constantly inspired and in awe of the women in our generation and what they're dreaming up and what they are pulling off and what they are leading and creating. There's just no end of it. This could be the only thing we ever do. The whole entire podcast could be this. Um, but for today, you know how much I love hearing from kind of fresh creative voices, um, pioneers even. So the two women we have on today have taken something that generally makes our blood pressure shoot through the roof and they have managed to make it not just informative, but also fun. It's like a miracle. So hopefully you are reading the skim. I know tons of you are, obviously. They have millions of subscribers. And so um, if you're not, you are going to want to check this out and you are going to love this podcast. So the skim, it's two M's, S-K-I-M-M. It's a daily online newsletter that breaks down the most like critical news in a really short, digestible way. Um, and so it comes right into your inbox every morning, just a matter of minutes, short and sweet. You kind of get this high level um, overview of the day's biggest news. But here's like the kicker. Here's what's so great about it. It reads like a smarter Regina George from Mean Girls is telling you the news. So this is news you actually want to read, and it is brought to you by the two women I have on the show today, brilliant, brilliant CEOs named Carly Zakin and Danielle Weisberg. So Carly and Danielle worked together at NBC, and in 2012, they decided to go rogue, and we'll talk about this to fill in a void that they saw in the news industry. So their friends from college who were smart people were asking questions that could have been answered by short, digestible news bits that they could have read in a pinch um, rather than long-form, one-hour news show or reading the paper cover to cover. And that's where the skim was born. So Carly and Danielle had, well, a few hundred subscribers when they launched the skim, and that number has exploded to a whopping 7 million plus. Um, now they also have a weekday podcast called Skim This, um, which is also 10 minutes, short and sweet, where they break down the breaking news of the day. Um, and if that weren't enough, they just wrote a book called How to Skim Your Life. It is delightful. It's, it's a book of life hacks, honestly, that break down the most boring parts of adulting into their signature skim style that, again, you actually want to read. Things like, um, what's the difference between an ETF and a mutual fund? But also, um, how do I choose wine at dinner? I mean, it's, it's all across the board, like all these adult things that we have to figure out that maybe somebody ever taught us, but maybe they didn't. This is a fabulous conversation. Carly and Danielle are interesting and vibrant and they're fun to talk to and they're exciting and their work is really, really fantastic. So we're going to talk about how they built their business, um, what they had to overcome, what their goals are for the future, what they see for the upcoming 2020 election. It's all in here, you guys. You're going to love this conversation. And so I'm pleased to share it with you um, and introduce to you if you've not met them live the very smart and talented co-founders of The Skim, Carly Zakin and Danielle Weisberg. Um, so Carly and Danielle, welcome to the Fourth Love Podcast, girls. I am so happy to have you on today. Thanks so much, Jen. We're really excited to be here um, and appreciate you having us on. Um, you guys are just seriously no joke. I can't wait 
um, for my listeners to kind of hear you talk about what it is you do, where you've sort of come from and how you've risen through the ranks. Cause I like absolutely love your story. So I've told them just a little bit about who you are, all the very impressive things that you do at the skim. Um, but if you don't mind for just a minute, if you'll indulge me, I love hearing about meet cutes, of course, whether it's like <laughs> romantic or like best friend potential. Um, and so I, could you just tell us for a minute, how, the two of you met, what you were doing with your lives at the time, and then just kind of say, this is me and I'm, this is my name. So everybody can pick up which voice is which. Sure. This is Danielle. Um, so we, Carly and I, uh, like to say, you know, in startup world, uh, everything is really competitive and that we win the best founder meet story. Um, so- <laughs> Uh, Carly and I met when we were studying abroad in Rome when we were in college. So we went to different schools and were lucky enough to be able to spend an amazing semester in Rome. Um, We met because of our love of uh, fried artichokes. I I believe in this. Yeah, we kind of heard there was like another girl who was also looking for the best fried artichokes. And um, so we met up over that and the fried artichokes were good. Um, they did not disappoint. Yeah. Um, also, uh, reconnected, um, after school when we were both working for NBC news, right. uh, became friends. We then became roommates in New York, still working in the news business, um, and had really the same quarter life crisis of loving what we were doing, um, worked really hard to get the jobs that we had took a step back and realized that we wanted to do more and we didn't want to wait in line for an opportunity to open up um, that could be 10 years later. Mm. Um, And at the same time, really, really loved working in news, loved telling stories, loved reporting what was going on each day. And we served that function for our friends who were really busy um, leading in so many different ways. And not paid to read the wires all day long like we were. Um, took a step back and we thought about this demographic that our friends represented of millennial women who are leading in so many different ways and have a unique set of challenges. And they deserve a source of information that they can trust and that fit in with their routines. Um, so we started the company from our couch, just the oh two my gosh. working all night and all day on an email newsletter. And today we've grown into a full-fledged membership company that have products that has products that all revolve around the idea of um, living smarter. And we now run a company that has over a hundred employees. That's bananas, you guys. So when you are on the couch and you're just beginning to piece this together in its earliest stage, did you still have your other jobs? No, this is Carly. Uh, No, we had quit um, and we launched just really a few days later. Um, So we were, we never tried to do it um, kind of half and half. Um, And I honestly, we, there was a few reasons why. One was that um, honestly, we had such different schedules. Danielle was often working night shifts and I was in a more kind of nine to six job, I divide. Uh, But we, um, so that was one. I think the other reason is that you know, when we started getting advice from people and they said, if you're going to raise money, like you can't ask somebody to believe in you hundred percent if you're not showing the ultimate, which is quitting. So yeah. we, also, we made our very personal decision to go into credit card debt to do oh, this. Man. That is not something that like, we're like, this is how you do it. And you right. Or, you know, you've got to judge your own situation. That was ours. And we had no choice, but to kind of go into credit card debt because we had about $4,000 saved between the two of us. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we went full, we dove fully right in. I actually love that. I am not super risk averse. And so, um, I, I recognize there's sometimes just a moment where you know, you're onto something. You definitely see like a void in the marketplace, which there definitely was at the time that you guys sort of lifted this off the ground and you just kind of jump off the edge of the cliff. I, I really like admire it. I, I admire the, um, just that you, you kind of bet on yourselves obviously the skim has just grown and grown and grown and has developed all new layers and, you know, new types of resources. And I mean, you guys are 
you went from two to a hundred. It's a big deal. But at the very beginning, um, what were you thinking? You thought this is, this is our idea. This is what it's going to look like. Um, this will probably be the main path that we sort of tread here. Um, and so how did you begin? Um, you know, it's funny when I, we were actually talking about this the other day in, in, um, one way and we, I think we always dreamed very big. It was like, we knew day one, this is not an email newsletter business. We yep. knew day one, this is not a media business. And we knew day one that, um, we were going to build a product strategy that fit into routines. And that was going to likely have subscription as a part of it We So we always like could see that this was big and we always could feel the traction and that it was happening. Could never visualize the people that it was going to take that will help us get there. So hmm. no, we had no idea how many people it was going to take. I never, we never could have been like, and this is what our office was going to be. And this sure. is funding we'll have, um, that, you know, like we had no idea. Uh, but I think we always, we knew we were just sitting on something really big. And so it wasn't, you know, step one to get to step two. It was more like, how do we kind of get on, you know, to use the really overly used cliche, like how do you get on the rocket ship and get going? Uh, so we definitely felt that momentum early on. Um, and really the, I mean, step one was how do we get this in front of people? And all we cared about was how many people signed up for the daily skin and how do we get more of them? Mm. So now that you guys are CEOs, I'm kind of comparing your this career to the careers that you left, like how have your, your specific and individual roles changed, um, since you were at NBC? Like, um, what is, what is your day to day look like at this point? And are you, are each of you sort of putting into rotation the skill set that you were using previously, or are you flexing a lot of new muscles? I think that the skill set we had when we started the company was that we knew how to ask questions and our jobs demanded it. You you have to question people. You have to look for the why behind things. And I think you have to um, let go of a fear in order to be successful at doing that. So we knew how to network. We knew how to talk to people. And we knew how to ask questions. And I think that is a theme that has carried us through to today. Because every day we learn something new, which means every day there's something we're faced with that we have no idea how we are going to get through it. Um, but we know how to ask people for help. And I think that is something that has made a huge difference for us. Totally. Our day-to-days are, are the same, only in that every day is totally different. Yeah. And that was, that was the case when there were two of us on a couch, and it's definitely the case now that um, we're running a, a much bigger company. Um, I think that we're still um, hugely involved with every aspect of the company, and that role has really grown alongside the skin and the rest of our product team. Um, I love how much that we have expanded recently. We launched a daily podcast and now the book. Um, and it's amazing to be able to have a team, uh, that can do that. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. You've obviously always worked in news. Um, but how have you seen your business transform since the beginning? Like specifically, in your opinion, what is the difference now? Because everything just feels like rapid acceleration. Um, what's the difference in the news cycle today than when you first started? Gosh. Well, we started so seven years ago. Um, I think everything is different in that, yeah. um, you know, there is just, I think if it's possible, there's more noise today than there was when we started seven years ago. Yeah. And we were starting seven years ago as a response to too much noise. Um, hmm. That's, how that's affected our business strategy. Um, it's sort of in two ways. One is that we really, really kind of um, hunker down and double down on our focus of having time well spent, which is we know that there's a lot of noise. We know that everyone's busy. And so how do we make sure that our products show up where you are, where our consumer is, and that when you experience or interact with a skin product that you can say it was time well spent. Um, so that has kind of fueled our strategy. And I think the second part um, is that we are very much in a unique position that we have true political diversity and geographic diversity amongst our audience. Um, and there are very few places that obviously can say that right now. Um, and so we're in, in a really um, unique position that we're, we've been able to activate our audience to 
um, to get out not only and register, but to actually show up and vote just most recently getting 200,000 people to show up to the 2018 midterms. Yeah, that's so amazing, you guys. I mean, honestly, well done on that. Uh, um, so I'm thinking now about your, your subscribers, your audience. At this point, you've grown to over 7 million subscribers, which is amazing. I mean, really, that is rare air. Um, so I can only imagine at this point, seven years in, how many stories you have now heard from your subscribers about just simply how being better informed has improved or changed their lives. So from your perspective, what do women, young women, especially that's kind of your target crew. Um, what do they, what do they gain when they're better informed? And I'm, I'm wondering if you also even have a story maybe from a subscriber who has been deeply affected by your work or, um, she went on to affect change because of your work. Yeah, well, I think the biggest uh, commonality that we see is that when people are better informed, there's more confidence. I mm. think you, uh, and, and that goes two ways. One is I think you are more likely to ask a question um, if you feel like you have a background of information to be able to ask someone else they think about something. Mm. Um, so you're more likely to start a conversation and then you're more likely to speak up. And I think that confidence is something that we see as a common theme through women um, who are all different points of their lives and are looking for all different types of information. And that's something that we're very proud to help foster as a company. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, even as you're saying that, um, I, I'm going through my mental Rolodex of conversations that I initiate, and they're almost entirely based out of some sort of topic, right? I have an opinion or I'm informed or I've been reading about it or I've been listening to it. And I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree that we need more women's voices in the world right now, kind of in every sector, frankly. And so I, I think your work is going to have incredible ripple effects that you will probably actually never see. Um, but that will deeply sort of affect this culture of women Jen here. Hope you've been enjoying the show. You know a great way to start your morning? With this podcast, obviously, and a great cup of coffee, obviously. And what is better than a great cup of coffee? One with a great cause. So let me tell you about Fire Department Coffee. It was founded by firefighters. It's run by firefighters. And when you drink Fire Department Coffee, 10% of their proceeds support ill or injured firefighters and other first responders. Um, how much more are you going to enjoy your coffee knowing that you're helping our heroes when they need it most? Also, Fire Department Coffee is roasted to order in a variety of flavors like original blend, dark roast, decaf, donut shop, tons more. It's super easy drinking coffee to start your day out right. I love it. So order yours today at Fire Department, which is D-E-P-T, coffee.com. And you can use the code LOVEFDC, LOVEFDC, to save 20% on your purchase. So awesome. And don't forget to check out Fire Department Coffee's full line of um, hand-spun mugs and t-shirts like they have some incredible merchandise. You can get some for yourself or as a gift or for the coffee-loving people in your life. So let me give you that site one more time. It's firedeptcoffee.com and then use the code LOVEFDC to save 20%. Awesome deal. Let's get back to our show. So as your, as your subscriber base continues to grow, and obviously your team is growing with it, you've got 100 employees. That is crazy, by the way. Does that feel overwhelming? Do you ever yeah. just like have to take a deep breath? Like, good Lord, 100 people, this is their job. Every day it feels overwhelming, and we have that like pinch me moment of when we sure. walk the office, and we realize that we have an office that isn't our, in our apartment. Right, uh, And that like, there are a lot of people who work here and I think it is, um, a responsibility that we think about all the time. And it's also a privilege to be a source of information for millions of people throughout the country. Um, totally. and both of those things 
are, you know, beyond what we ever could have imagined when we started a company. I'm sure. I'm curious, like, what's the breakdown of your team in terms of in terms of gender? And, and what are you noticing about the women who are on your team? Yeah, so I mean, our offense is definitely majority women. Um, but you know, certainly, all are welcome. And we definitely have representation across both genders. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think in terms of, you know, things that we notice, um, really, it's very, as, as female CEOs, it's incredibly important to Danielle and I that we create the office that we would want to work for. And yeah. so that we create the policies that we would look for in an employer. So whether that's a family leave policy, whether that's like the health benefits look like, including fertility coverage, whether that's mm-hmm. Um, having, uh, you know, being able to, um, to have a family and to be able to have flexible work environment. Um, that's so important to us. Um, and so we're very excited, um, and truly honored to see so many of our employees go through different life stages with us. Um, I've already started seeing that and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of new parents happening right now. Oh my gosh. Right. That's your, that's your crew. It's just going to rain babies probably in your work environment for a really long time. Um, all these sort of young moms. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear um, that you are prioritizing morale and work environment and benefits and thinking specifically about how those sometimes disproportionately affect women um, in, the, in the workplace. And so that is, it's exciting to, to hear you say that. Do you have mentors? Because, you know, you, you came into this basically ideating, you're, you're creating, you're, you're, you're sort of vision casting, and now you are, you are CEOs. And so now it's so much management and team development. Where do you look to mentorship in, in terms of leadership? Be a mentor to us, like, where we'll take them. Um, I think that we, we've been very blessed to have built an incredible network um, of women um, who truly, I can't say enough, have been our 911 calls. Um, mm. That's John Tobel, uh, Jenny Fleiss, Susan Line. Um, you know, they just really have, have been there for us um, through thick and thin. And they've done this before. And, you know, they've built the skin before, but they've built teams before. They've um, they've had management um, challenges before. They've hired before. They've fired before. They've raised money before. They've done all the things that we have been doing for the very first time. Um, and we've just been really lucky to have built a network of people that we can be very honest with of like, hey, going through this, this is really hard. Mm. I, I like hearing you say that. I hope everybody is picking up on that because there's this really inflated idea out there that um, autonomy is something to be either applauded or that's the end game or the goal where frankly, I find a culture of collaboration, um, incredibly fruitful. That's all the leaders that I respect the most collaborate. That's also what, you know, inspired the book, which is we've all been through this before. We all have to through these things before or go through these things, whether it's, you know, choosing your healthcare plan or negotiating your salary, like we are all trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, to, we wanted to create a reference book that you feel that you have enough information to then make educated choices and decisions. Um, the book is really fun, you guys. And, um, I, I love your approach to it, which is very skimmish. You know, you just sort of took this, this skim approach to writing a book, which is fabulous. Um, I've been holding my, just crossing my fingers for long form content from you guys for some time. Um, and so you really delivered here and I enjoy it so much. I wonder if you could just talk a little bit more. I mean, you just touched on it, but, um, talk a little bit more about the book and about the process. Like, okay. So everybody listening, um, it's, it, it touches down like quickly. These are not super deep dives, but they are, um, kind of this incredible, um, encyclopedia of quick information for things you want to know. One of your, um, titles is things that make you feel fancy. Love it. That made me laugh. Things that save money. Um, things that are tedious. Um, you talk about taxes a little bit. It's just, it's kind of this very broad sense of like kind of how to be an adult. And I love it. Can you talk a little bit about the writing process and what that was like for you and what you're hoping your readers take away from it? That's exactly it. Um, it is meant to be a compilation, a compilation of all the questions that we had that go into being an adult that no one really tells you. And unfortunately, there's no class 
Um, we spent a lot of time wondering why there isn't a class and where do you go for this advice? Um, and a lot of this advice are things that we are going through together as a generation. Um, and so we wanted to pull all of these tips together, pull the great advice that we've been so lucky to get into one reference book that you can return to uh, and have it guide you through different moments in your life. Um, one of my favorite sections are, is things that are confusing. Yes. <laughs> through things like health insurance. Um, I mean, those are things that we didn't learn until we were trying to look at plans for our employees. Exactly. Uh, there are so many things that people don't talk about that you don't have time in your day to go through. And our hope is that you go through this, you learn something new, and then you act on it. Um, jump into a conversation that you might not have had before, make a decision that you've been putting off, Take some sort of action that makes you feel like you're t- taking a step forward at the end of the day. Yeah, and you nailed it. And I think one thing that I really commend you on is that not only did you sort of tackle this wide array of adult issues that um, people in their 20s and 30s are going to encounter in many cases for the first time, um, but it's, it's, it's fun and it's cute and it's funny. And it's clever. Like, thank you so much for making it entertaining because sometimes reading um, great counsel on um, budgeting or investing or um, interviewing skills can just be so dry and so clinical um, and boring. And you made it fun and entertaining and accessible. And I just felt like as I was flipping through like, oh, that, that sounded that made that sound easy. Like, I think I could do that. I could tackle that based on this advice. Um, I have to know, um, do you have like a best life hack that you learned while putting this book together? One that maybe you even still use? Yes. Um, I spend way too much time packing. And one thing I'm learning is when you spend three weeks on the road, <laughs> you should not spend that same amount of time like, packing for it. One of the things that was so helpful for me is we lay out what you basically need for every trip. And it saved me a ton of time. Um, there's also a fun trick in there about how to pack your jewelry. But uh, I think my favorite um, is something called the Pomodoro Method. I think I just really like the name, to be honest. But uh, it's very cute. But uh, it's really about how to kind of do sprints of hard-focused work and then take a break. Um, you know, we our whole section, there's a whole section kind of about wellness and stress management. And um, I think we're all sort of, you know, as we are all glued to our phones, we all kind of have an, an attention problem and we talk about, um, you know, how's time well spent. I often find myself trying to kind of focus on something, getting distracted or thinking something will take too long and not starting it. And the Pomodoro method is like the perfect recipe to make sure that you can do really intense uh, productive work and then take a break. I love that. That, that works for me too. That's exactly how I operate. Um, rather than just like dripping it out over the course of a day and feeling like I got nothing done. Hey everybody, jumping in for a quick second to talk about one of our really awesome sponsors. So if you're like me shopping for fashion, ugh, make your palms sweat. It does me. So there's like the trip to the store or the mall at hard pass. Then the sifting through the billions of selections, clothing, beauty products, accessories, whatever. It's too much. It's a lot, which is why I love FabFitFun. So FabFitFun allows women to actually discover new products. Like with this seasonal subscription box, it's delivered four times a year with absolutely full size. Like these are not little samples, full size beauty, fashion, home, fitness, and wellness products. And it's just $49.99 a box. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 in retail value. In one shipment, I open up the box and I get a little travel blow dryer or a facial treatment or like a really pretty piece of jewelry. Um, I got the coolest pair of sunglasses once. And right now they're sending out the 2019 summer box. And the amount of products in that box alone are worth $270. So, I mean, this is just a no-brainer. And just for our podcast listeners, we have a special code, which is FTL, to get $10 off your first box. So that's over 
$200. I mean, it's $270 for the summer box for only $39.99. This is just an easy decision. So it's fabfitfun.com and then use my code FTL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You are going to be so glad you did this. Okay, everybody, back to the show. I'm going to go back just for a minute because it seems like to me at least that 2016 was a bit of a watershed year for you in terms of content. Well, really, that was just true in the world. Um, And I felt like that year... Uh, It's just felt like I saw the scam absolutely everywhere. I mean, whether you were interviewing presidential candidates, which is super exciting, or as you mentioned earlier, registering people to vote, really, I mean, that's something you should be probably proud of forever. Um, So what do you have planned? And of course, you've just, you've crossed the midterms recently, I know, but what do you have planned for the 2020 election? You've got to already be thinking about it. Um, I'd love to hear what you are working on in terms of that election. And then I'd also love to just hear your predictions. I mean, what do you think that we will see from the news cycle this go around? Uh, I'm so excited about this question. And actually, um, we are thinking about No Excuses 2020, but you're the first person to ask us about it. But I think that one, um, we're so excited to see the uh, different types of candidates that we've seen running, people of color, women. Um, it's it's exciting to see the diversity in this group um, and in this field. And I, I think that no matter what um, your you know political beliefs are, that's something that's exciting just for our democratic process. Um, the other thing that we're really excited about that we've been thinking about a lot is creating this identity of voters out there and having people really identify as a voter first. Not thinking of party, but that every time an election comes around, you're not thinking I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. You're thinking that you're a voter. And the expectation is that at the end of the cycle, you are going to cast an opinion. That should be something that you... Uh, feel strong about um, and that you feel informed. You know, it's going to be it's it's going to be a big election and it's really important that this group of millennial women who hold so much power and have power to change things show up and make mm-hmm. sure that they make their voices heard. Yeah, I know. I, you know, we're all just sort of looking ahead with a bit of trepidation. The last election cycle was just well, I don't know if it's dramatic to say it felt kind of traumatizing on the nation a little bit. And then, of course, we are now in this very strange time where um, it's easier than ever, as we have seen, to manipulate social media. It's easier than ever to put out doctored videos. Um, It's easier than ever to um, have just spin and, and, and fake news go viral. And so that feels a little scary. So as, as the two of you who are, um, responsible for putting news content in front of citizens, in front of voters, um, I would just love to hear you talk a little bit about media literacy and um, how you protect your own company um, from these darker influences. And um, I I would just love to hear your opinion on how you think as a culture, we will be able to overcome some of these really insidious forces that frankly can threaten our democracy. It's a great question. Um, I think First and foremost, how we started was with from a journalistic background, where journalistic integrity is the core of what we do. Um, and yes, we have you know a team of you know about a hundred people now, but we actually have a very lean editorial team. And we have hired everyone that we've hired comes from um, you know we make sure that they've gone from a hard news background or really gone through um, you know a really strong editorial boot camp um, at the skin. And for us, we we've from day one sort of took the mantra of we don't have to be first, we have to be right. And that's actually part of why we never tried to really go into breaking news. Um, and because we come from a place where we know what it takes to have the resources, and especially in today's world, to truly fact check and to truly be in the moment. And right now we're in this, this just kind of adrenaline 24 seven news yes. rush that, um, 
you know, no good people can't keep up with themselves. And so given the way that our products work, we have the privilege and the, um, the ability to take a second to digest it, to understand where is these sources coming from? What are these? Are these actually facts? To be able to appropriately fact check, to then be able to um, digest it and, and put it in front of our audience in a way that gives them enough information so that when they have the ultimate choice of going into a voting booth, um, that they feel like they're making an informed choice. And so I think, you know, we've always kept our head down and focused on that and focused on that mission. And we've been very careful about how we think about partnerships. And we've been very careful about how we've thought about building on other platforms and actually building on other platforms. Um, and so for that, for that reason, I think, you know, we've been able to sort of, um, in many ways, be the little engine that could on our own. Hmm. Um, well, what's telling too, is that your consumers are across the spectrum, right? That you are, um, that you draw people from all walks of life and different political parties and different ideologies and different geographical areas. I mean, that alone is very compelling, um, that people feel like they can trust you for unbiased news content. And that is literally exactly what you deliver. I'm, I'd love to hear what, uh, what, what's your favorite thing that you've pulled off? Like, is that a weird question? Like you've now branched into so many cool areas. Um, what is something that both of you, I'd love to hear both your answers kind of look back and go, that was awesome. Like that was unexpected or that went further than we thought it was going to go or just however you really want to answer it. I don't want to say for Danielle, but I do kind of think we have the same answer, which is, I think it's for both of us. Um, what we've done with elections. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't, you know, we, I think honestly, like people, when we started this game, they're like, do you miss being in your old jobs? And we would say, no, the only time we ever would miss it is like on an election night or on the night of like a big breaking news thing. And you, why you miss that is the camaraderie, um, like, mm. in a room. like, that's just a great thing to be a part of. And when we finally got to have a team and it wasn't just us staring at each other, uh, like we all of a sudden were like, we can build our own camaraderie. And not only that, like we can create true action that we can measure. And I think when we started having, you know, kind of a vision of what no excuses and that platform could be for us and, you know, started talking to, um, either other companies or other platforms that, um, encourage voting, we saw just how partisan they were, um, how they were really tied to a specific um, agenda. And yeah. to your point, our audience is really politically diverse. They live all over. They don't all vote the same way. They don't all have the same families and they don't all have, they don't all think the same way. We're all, no one's, we're not generalizing everybody. And so that we were able to create a truly grassroots um, campaign effort that built not just from 2016, but into 2018, truly led and spearheaded by our community who we met and who went home and took their learnings from our skin boot camp here back home with them. And to then say we got over 200,000 people to vote and show us yeah. that midterm um, is crazy. And when we think about and look at the geographic diversity of our audience and know that they were showing up in some of the most closely contested races, um, we know that we made an impact and we know we made a difference. Um, and so to me, I think it is like, how do we pull it off? Because we, it was truly through like vision, um, grit, hustle, and amazing team. Hmm. That is outstanding. I mean, really sincerely outstanding. And I, I love the, the, that you have the ear of millennials because, you know, just as the, the trends have tended to show, uh, it's harder to get younger voters into the booth. Um, just in general, this isn't just uh, this generation, it's kind of every. And so the fact that you are working on higher engagement with younger voters is exciting and it's good. And I think it's good for our democracy and it sets a really great example. I just find that exciting. Like you've, you're, you're catching lightning in a bottle right now with an, an, with a generation that is so much more active and politically progressive minded in general, just, and, and engaged. And it's just exciting. I, I think your work has endless potential. What do you want to do next? Like what are your, when you're just sitting around and you're sort of dream boarding for the next five years, what do you see? What are you hoping for? Uh, there's so much more we want to do. Um, I think that, you know, this book tour is so exciting for us because it's a chance to get in front of our 
skimmers where they are. And so we're really interested in seeing um, what we can do across the country, whether it's taking our no excuses effort um, in a bigger way. Um, this is the first time we'll be doing a ticketed event, which we're so excited about, the opportunity mm -hmm. to get on a stage and have real conversations. Um, and we launched um, Skim This, our daily podcast this year. So podcasting is an area that we love and are really excited to um, grow into. Yeah, that is awesome. How are you going to, how are you structuring the book tour? Is it just, is it the two of you on a stage? Do you have a special guest? Are you fielding questions from the audience? There are, we're going to 10 different cities um, and we're going to have a moderator in each city. So we're so excited to have women um, like Ashley Graham, Hannah Bronfman, Carla Hall, um, Sarah Michelle Geller, Sarah Blakely. It's going to be an amazing group. We are so excited for that. And we're going to have conversations about what's in the book, um, meaning all of the stuff that we didn't know as we've navigated growing this company and growing up. That's awesome. Um, what, what's something that you've really learned? Like, where would you say this is a spot we either, we got it wrong and had to make it right, or we didn't anticipate it and had to sort of adjust for it, or we went down this one path and realized it was the wrong one and had to course correct. Like, where would you say these have been a couple of our biggest lessons, um, either just in reporting or in managing or whatever sort of level of your career? I think um, for me as Ms. Carly, um, it's definitely on the management side. Um, I think that's been the hardest thing and at times the most reward rewarding and at times the most humbling um, and really learning um, what it means to be a strong communicator, what it means to set expectations um, and, and to explain what, account what accountability is um, and how I would be involved or not be involved as a manager and then of course hiring. Um, and so, so many of the, um, the women I mentioned before as kind of our mentors have been like our right hands in helping us figure that out. Absolutely. That I, I appreciate your humility in that, that you are um, willing to talk about that openly and um, make adjustments when your work calls for it. I, I love that you kind of learned on the fly. Um, and that you've still ended up building such a beautiful company that you can be so proud of. So before we sort of wrap this up, I'm thinking about you as just two very young and ambitious, successful women. Um, we have so much to learn from you and from your example. And so um, if, if I've got a listener right now who's thinking about starting her own venture in whatever field um, she loves, what piece of advice would you would the both of you give her sort of at the starting blocks? I think that one of the biggest pieces of advice um, is to get comfortable with the word no, because you're going to hear it more times than you think possible if you're doing something new or if you're doing something interesting. Um, so you have to learn how to take it as an invitation to take a different path um, and not to take it as a knock against you. Mm, great point. Um, women in general struggle with... Um, what feels like rejection. Um, but yeah, if, if we all threw in the towel after our first five no's, we would have no careers. None of us. Um, that's a great win. Did you have another one? Yeah. I think that don't, don't dance around what it is you're trying to ask for. Um, mm. I think if you are asking for something, whether it is a raise, a promotion, a job, fundraising, ask for it. Um, I think something we were really guilty of early on is almost like flirting with the ask and hoping someone was a mind reader. I think that's very gendered. You know, men don't have a problem with direct communication by and large. And they, so thus they tend to get what they want more often. And where women have this strange notion of um, either being overly polite or this strange idea of diplomacy or even just that... Um, they don't have a right to ask. And so I appreciate that you're pushing back on some of those antiquated notions. Um, in fact, it's interesting too, when I, when I read sort of um, the data on workplace relationships, direct communication in men primarily is appreciated by both men and women. So it's not a trait that people 
disdain. They actually prefer direct communication. So for some reason, um, we have this sense sometimes as women that it's too forward, where in fact, it's actually useful and and welcomed. Um, So thank you for saying that specifically. Hey guys, Jen here breaking into the show for a minute to tell you about a service our family has actually found to be a lifesaver. It's care.com. So care.com is such an easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and wherever you need it. Um, They have access to 8.6 million caregivers across 16 countries. So care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for care. So you are sure to find the local caregivers you need, including nannies, housekeepers, sitters, senior care, dog walkers, whatever, full-time, part-time, anytime. Listen, Brandon and I used care.com for about five years when our kids were little and we needed a part-time nanny. Every nanny that care.com sent us was fabulous and wonderful and now a part of the fabric of our family. So care.com is giving our For the Love listeners a great deal. Um, Care.com's basic membership is free. But if you go to care.com slash For the Love, you can save 30% on their premium membership, which gives you so many wonderful tools, background checks, reference checks, qualifications, certifications, when you're searching for a potential caregiver, absolutely worth it. So go to care.com slash for the love today to save 30%. Okay, back to our show. Okay, let's wrap it up. Um, this is obviously we're in a series on powerhouse women. And so you just nestle in perfectly in here. So we're asking every woman in this series, these three questions, and it could sort of be top of your head, whatever comes first. Here's the first one. Um, and I'd love to hear both of your answers. If you don't mind, what's something a woman you admire has taught you that you've never forgotten? My mom always, this Carly, my mom always taught me, um, no one's going to fight for you more than you, um, so that you are your own PR team. Like you are your advocate. And, um, anytime that I've ever felt like, you know, tired or, or, you know, kind of defeated at work, like that's what kind of gets me going again, because I'm like, well, no one else is going to fight for this except me and maybe Danielle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, I think that's, I, that sticks with me a lot. That's Uh, great. My advice is from my mom as well. And it was make your own money. Ah, nice that always sticks with me. Um, and that, you know, was the case when I was, um, 18 and interning and trying to find odd jobs on the side that made money. And it's the case today. Mm. That's awesome. How about this? Um, what is your greatest hope for the generation of women coming behind us? Help each other. I think Mm. that, uh, there is so much opportunity for all of us and there's more than enough to go around. So be advocates for each other. Yeah. I don't believe in scarcity either. Yeah. I'll add to that. Give each other the helpful feedback. Like when you see someone falling into one of the traps of, you know, not communicating, not clearly asking for what you want, not Mm. not fighting for themselves, like pull them aside in a respectful professional way and say like, I want to just like take my work hat off for a second. Mm. Like how you, this is how this is how this kind of repeats itself. Um, so to help break the cycle. That's great advice. Uh, one of the most powerful days of my life was um, I was in a room one time with just a small handful of women who do the same sort of work as I do, and we just sort of went, "Okay, everybody, gloves off." Like on the table, we talked with one another about what what we were getting paid what we are asking to get paid, um, what our contracts look like. I mean, the stuff that you usually tuck away and you just have no idea. Uh, and it was so empowering um, to be in that room and to to share that information with one another with the notion that, you know, a rising tide is going to lift every boat in the harbor. And, uh, and that really changed my idea of what it meant to share with other women, to share information, to share knowledge, um, to share hacks. Um, I, I really appreciate both your answers. 
answer on that. I think a community of powerful women is such a great hope for the future. Here's the last question. We actually ask every guest in every series this question to wrap it up. And just know that you can answer it however you want. It can be, you can have a really like very tender or serious answer, or it can be 100% absurd. So you pick. Um, But here's the question. What is saving your life right now? This is Danielle. As we prepare to go on a three-week book tour, um, we're a little stressed. And one of the things that makes me happiest and keeps me calm is coming home and playing with my dog. It's an adorable mini golden doodle. Um, (laughs) It just instantly makes me feel better. Um, This is Carly. I will say I don't have a dog. And also experiencing the same stress and anxiety. Um, honestly, like our team, like I think that if it was just the two of us, I think I'd be like, this is too stressful. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. like we've got to put on a game face um, to do it. And there's a lot, um, so much work has gone into this and we're us doing this tour sort of the cherry on top, but like a lot of people have been building everything else. Um, so right now that I think that is um, literally keeping us running and uh, also our inspiration. That's great, you guys. I would also add, um, I've been on lots of tours also, and there is something very, very valuable, and do not forget this piece of advice, to as quickly as you can get back to your hotel room that night, just take off your pants. Like, that is step number one. As quick as you can. Like, I'm sometimes unbuttoning my pants in the elevator. So I just keep that in mind. Um, All right. Will you just tell my listeners where they can find you, where they can find, well, all the things, including okay. your, um, your tour schedule. All right. I'm going to start with the tour schedule. Listeners go to the skim.com slash book. You can get your book. You can get your tour tickets. Um, and then if you go to the skim.com, um, you can get, you can sign up for the daily skim to make sure you get us in your inbox every morning. You can also follow us at the skim on Instagram. Um, and don't forget to check us out in, uh, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, to listen to Skim This, which is our daily afternoon or early evening commuting podcast. That's it. You guys are killing it out there. You're just slaying giants. It's exciting to watch. And it's so good for this culture of women. It's so great for this generation. This is really important and meaningful work. And you should absolutely be proud of it. And it's exciting to cheer you on. I really can't wait to see what you continue to do and how your work continues to grow. Um, I'm thrilled to put it in front of my community. Absolutely. And um, in any way that I can ever come alongside of you or um, support your work, I want you to let me know because I really, really believe in what you're doing. So thanks for coming on the show today. And I am thinking about you on your book tour, like pants off. Okay. Just tell, I just want to make sure that you receive my information. Information. Um, it's going to be amazing. Have the greatest time on your tour. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it. So great. You guys, honestly, go to the skim.com and just sign up for their daily sort of news bit. you that, if that will be your front door into every awesome thing that these girls are putting out into the world, it's good to be current. It's good to be involved. It's good to be knowledgeable. Um, these girls are trustworthy and, Uh, I just thought they were so fascinating and I'm really excited to watch where they go. Um, And so um, check out their website, everything that they mentioned, by the way, we'll have linked over at jenhatmaker.com under the podcast tab. So that'll be their tour schedule, links to their book, links to sign up for the, for the scam into your inbox, all of it. We'll have everything over there for you. So thanks you guys for joining us. This is a fabulous series. We have, just more like this, like amazing, smart, creative, innovative, courageous women who are building incredible things. Um, and so it's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's hopeful. It's this is, these are our peers, right? This is our generation. It's something to be really, really proud of. So, um, come back next week. Thanks for being a great listening community. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already just hit your subscribe button, it'll take you eight seconds and our podcast will just show up in your phone. Um, So on behalf of Amanda and Laura and our entire podcast team, we're so delighted to bring this podcast to you week in and week out. You guys, thanks for being awesome listeners. See you next week. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.